Happy birthday, Cami. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. We actually have a, a, a happy birthday girl on uh, on the stream today. Uh, Cami, nice to see you and happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Nice to see you. Thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Yeah, so cool you were uh, joining on, on your birthday. We uh, feel very privileged. And uh, yeah, let's make it a party. Yeah, so um, let me introduce the other guest. We have uh, Amanda Musi um, uh, joining us. How are you, Amanda? I'm good. Uh, I just joined last minute, so <laughs> yeah. you tell me. <laughs> that was a surprise. Yeah, actually, I'm absolutely. Very, yeah, I'm still like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> Thanks for uh, having me. Hello, everyone. Yeah, good to have you on. Absolutely. Thank you. And um, uh, in the last screen, we have uh, Ariel P. Lopez and Victoria Musi. Welcome hey. to you, too. So happy to be back. Yeah. Actually, the last time we had, uh, we had both of you on and uh, there was some uh, connection some troubles. Problems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it sounded great. I mean, it sounded like a, like a, a glitched up robot, you know. But yeah. uh, it made the conversation quite uh, difficult. So uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so there's another chance. Yeah, it's, and, uh, it's good to be to be like good now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good, good to see you in the moving image this time. Yeah. <laughs> awesome to have you guys. Um, yeah. So um, let's make this a party. I mean, um, it's a uh, it's it's a nice day here. It's sunny, and uh, I see it's sunny in uh, Kami's uh, place as well in Berlin. It's really nice weather there, right? Yeah, it's really hot to be honest. It's a little bit too hot now. Like twenty eight degrees is when it starts to be a little unbearable for me. Right. But I can handle it so far. Can you but can yeah, you work in your studio when it's uh, when it's that hot or? Um, you having your your feet in an ice bucket uh, <laughs> off screen or something? Nah, <laughs> yeah, you got the sun and you got the machine. Like what? <laughs> it's been really hard the last few days. I came here on Monday and halfway through my session, I just gave up. Even with my fan, and if I mm. open the window, like which I really don't like to open the window because it's just gonna interfere in the sound. I just said I just had to call it off and like okay, I can't unless I'm here at like nine o'clock in the morning and it's not gonna happen. So I just went home and I'm just gonna wait this heat wave just cools down a little bit and then i'll come back nice i see a lot of uh, people joining in and uh, and wishing uh, kami happy birthday <laughs> thanks everybody <laughs> really appreciate it um yeah so let's talk about uh, about music i mean um I think maybe we should give uh, Ariel the first uh, uh, the first chance, as uh, all the speech was interrupted last time. So, anything you've been working on recently, man? Uh, yeah, there's a couple of stuff coming on uh, Ed label. Uh, there's an LP coming, and he made uh, like a new label also. There's a, another LP coming. The the label spread, and uh, I can't wait to to put that shit out. Like it's really. Uh, I I've been working with Ed since I don't know two years, mm -hmm. and uh, we got like a really nice connection, and he's he's helping me a lot also with uh, I don't know decisions and 
and sound. And also he's like mastering all uh, our stuff from here. So we got a okay. nice feedback. Cool. So, so how how did this thing uh, come together? Because uh, I guess you know because of the distance, you yeah, uh, I, had I, to work I'm, online. So yeah, how, no, how did that yeah, happen? Yeah, but I I met him uh, through Benjamin in Bergheim, and mm. they came to play here in my club. And I, I don't know. After like two years, I started sending him stuff, and we just clicked. Like we're really good friends now. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah, those are the best uh, things, you know, if if they happen uh, spontaneously, I guess. Yeah, like that. That's 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 the thing that we do this, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, how how did it actually take place? Do you you send each other stems, or uh, how did you actually uh, get this thing together? Because you know, working from a distance is very different than from working together. Yeah, but uh, we're not face making to music together. Like he just mastering for us. Right. And, okay. And and I sent him my stuff, and he helped me like with the sound. Like he told me, like, I don't know, sometimes what to do with the mixes. Oh, okay. So it was more like uh, advice and and uh, yeah. stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Like, and he also sent me stuff like, yeah, check this out. Like, oh, you know. <laughs> okay. So how how do you take advice? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is it something that you uh, that you actually discussed, like? Um, yeah, what do you think? Uh, do you have any suggestions or uh, something like that? Is no, that it's like more sounds wise. Like, like I don't know if the, the hi hats are right or the groove is nice. You know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, stuff like not that. Not so okay. technically. Right. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward, man. So, what is what kind of stuff is it? Uh, like techno, powerhouse. It's, it's like a mix of everything, kind of ravey too. Trancy. Trancy. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Okay, sounds good. So, um, yeah, I mean, um, um, I think the last time we, we spoke, we started speaking about uh, samples, and uh, I think you mentioned an MPC or something. Ooh, now they're frozen. <laughs> uh -oh. Can you still hear us? No, they're gone. Oh dear, another one of those. Oh, we're back, we're back, we're back. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You can just come to my room and just Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we switch. Yeah, that's a good solution. <laughs> yeah. Samples. Yes, we were there. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Okay, let's let's uh, let's try again. So the last time I think we we spoke about uh uh samples, right? Like uh, you use an MPC or something? Yeah, I, I like I try not to stay on the on the box mainly. Mm -hmm. So I, I got this Akai filter from the nineties and uh, SP four hundred four from uh, Roland. And uh, oh yeah 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 yeah. And oh. also this uh, I asked Kami like this uh, Elithia thing for the for the stereo. I also got that one. But what's the name? Is it a saturator or? Character, yeah, yeah, the character. Yeah, I got I got those three things to put shit out from my computer. Right. So, like, also the machines, like machines come inside and go through stuff, always. <laughs> yeah, the four hundred four is the is the one that's. Uh, there's also I think an SP three hundred three. If I'm not. Yeah, mistaken. that's 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 older. That's that's yeah. a, that got a really nice sound too. Yeah, I got one of those as well. Yeah, it's um, it's got this sort of cheap um, DSP thing in there, but it, it yeah. uh, if it's you warm. 
Yeah, if you yeah, absolutely. If you if you dial in the sound just right, you know, you can yeah. get really sort of moody and, and crunchy. Uh, yeah, and also for hip hop, amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think it became famous because uh, Jay Dilla was using it, right? Yeah, and also Malib. Yeah, yeah. It's a cool machine. Yes. Um, yeah. Cool. So um, actually, maybe uh, move to to uh, Kami now, the birthday girl. <laughs> last time we uh, last time I spoke to you was actually on the chat we had before the epic. Um, nine-hour improvisation that uh, you and I were both part of. Um, yeah, and we didn't speak after. That's a bit strange. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> it's been a while. <coughs> yeah. It's been a while, yeah. It was a good fun that day. Really good. It was quite yeah. challenging for nine hours. I was like, after five hours, I was just like, wow, okay. Like, I learned a lot of stuff that day, to be honest. Like. And I think the main thing I learned is that if I'm going to jump for nine hours, I need more gear just to keep me like, you know, like just focused and like, just like switching between things, you know, like a little more, like, let's say I need like a drum machine or maybe another synth because I just had my modular system and a few effects. Mm -hmm. And I think if I had a few more things, yeah, it would have been a little bit more for me, like a better flow, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I think it surprised everybody um, how sort of coherent it came out, you know. Because um, yeah. you know, if you have uh, how many was it? Nine people or or eight? Um, Nine. Yeah, um, it was uh, on on your end at uh, Mike's studio at uh, Wiesenweg Studio. Uh, you and Mike and uh, Fadi Fadi Mohem, mm -hmm. and on our side we had uh, Robin Kamschur, Charlton. Megan Labor, Colin Benders, and myself. So it's, am I forgetting? <laughs> forgetting someone? I don't know. I don't think so. But it, um, you know, with so many hands on, with so much gear, you know, at the same time, it can easily uh, descend into chaos very, very quickly. But it, it sounded nice. Everybody was really um, controlled and um, uh, behaved very well, I think. No, absolutely. I think also because it's it was like a nine-hour jam, people like was like, just like, like going out and coming back in and having a little break so i think that time it's like you know you give space to other people just to do their own thing for a bit as well you know it's yeah. nice it's really nice yeah i think it worked like really like amazing yeah it was it was really great yeah it's true in the situations like that you have to you have to leave some room for other people to do things but still uh, considering the the you know the two bar delay on both sides you know it was yeah. it's still you you're kind of uh playing in the dark in uh, you know because you also don't have physical contact we had this sort of video connection going on so people could see each other but but still you know it was a very uh, unusual uh, thing <laughs> but i I'm, I'm really happy it came out it was super fun it was amazing definitely definitely really yeah fun. Definitely. so um yeah if people who are watching this on twitch uh, and have any questions or want to join the conversation just feel free to drop comments and uh and we will get into them if we uh, if we can um so thanks everybody for for joining us there and um yeah hopefully we uh we won't ignore you <laughs> the way we always do <laughs> so amanda <clears throat> uh you, have you been working on anything recently like we were just discussing this uh, these uh, these tracks that you did for the colombian compilation yeah. How did that came out? 
So that was that was the last thing I did, and it was a very, very nice surprise because Victoria and I never did a track together before, and mm. it, we were thinking about it like we need to write an EP together and have a whole like planned thing. And Exos messaged me and invited me for the compilation and asked me to invite Victoria. And I actually had a track that was pretty much like developed. I don't know the the whole like the main idea was there, and I just had this idea like, okay, I'm just gonna send you this, and if it works, we just release it. If not, we just do like one track each and we send it. And it worked really well and really fast. And we barely spoke, right? Like we had like just like a two-round feedback, and it, it was just impressive the, how fast it, it it went and how nice it sounded. Like I think sometimes if you think too much, you end up screwing it up, mm. and sometimes you have to let it go the way it is because you just lose perspective when you are like overthinking, overhearing, and I don't know, or maybe we were just lucky for that very first time, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, and so we did it in like five days or something, right? And yeah, and two versions, and we were like, wow, that was really fast. So now that I'm, I moved to Paraguay to spend the rest of the year here, and uh, well, now we're gonna be just close to each other, um, living with Ariel in his flat. So his studio is like the front door of my bedroom. That's amazing. <laughs> and anyway, yeah. And the last things I did, well, I did a lot of remixes from last year to this year and everything got delayed. So I think everything is going to come out kind of off on the same time, like maybe from <laughs> this month and on. And everything got postponed, so I think everything's gonna come out at once. I had I, I'm, I'm working on a remix for Spencer Parker. Oh, and yeah, I'll, we're very good friends, and he did a remix for me in the past. No, now he asked me for a remix, and I normally do techno tracks and techno remixes, and it was really fun to work on a more housey thing because I just missed it. You know how it, it goes. Sometimes you're just like one way or the other. Depends on how you feel or whatever. And yeah, and then I did a remix for these two Chilean artists, uh, Persona and Mijo. No, Mijo is from Mexico, sorry. And it's also coming out soon. And then I have a remix for Marshall from Milan. It's coming out on CD, like a physical CD, which is like super oh, CD. fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so, well, and now I have more remixes coming, forthcoming, like for um, Brazilian labels. And I don't know, I just turned to be a remixer, like seen from last yeah. year to this year. Oh, that's all I know, <laughs> basically. And I just released my first EP on LPZ Records. Ariel's label hmm. and yeah it came out this year and yeah that's pretty much everything it sounds like a lot of stuff yeah and yeah lots of remixes <laughs> so so how do you normally no, usually approach um remixing 
um, do you have some kind of system to it, or are you just uh, you know feeling it out whenever you get the parts or whatever? Well, basically, well, I have a very little knowledge on gear, and I basically own nothing. So, because I started producing not so long ago, and I basically do everything with my computer, or when I come over to Ariel's or someone with the studio, then I just like sample the gears and jam and whatever. So with remixing, it's basically cutting and pasting and trying. And I, I try to work as much as I can with the original parts and then see if I need to add something else. I normally add a thing or two. I don't like to like change so much of the track. I really like, like it to sound with the main essence of it. And be, well, at least the, the standard that was happening is uh, I'm usually like making it faster and like more like pitched up, you know, like changing a bit of the tones and stuff like that. And yeah, maybe adding like hats. Like I usually add more hats on top of it always. So I like it to keep it simple, but um, work on like the details of like the the sampling and the cutting and the editing, slicing the vocals, you know, so like trying to deconstruct it. Mm. Yeah, because the thing is with remixes, you know, sometimes you get uh, some people's approaches to like you said, you know, to respect the original and, and kind of give give your own flavor to it. But other times, and I, I'm, I'm guilty of that myself as well, you know, just take one sound of the original and basically build a whole new track around it, you know? <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> is be... not uh, wrong either. I, I no, 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 of course. Great. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for, for a while I had a system, or not a system, but like the tendency to just use one or two sounds and, f you know, completely fuck those up and then, you know, just make, <laughs> uh, make something completely new. You know, I feel, I feel like when I'm doing something that is too similar to the original, it, it's not really, you know, it's not really a remix, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I like to put stuff in the yeah. sampler, just like messing around till you get another stuff from, from that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, some people just do versions, right? It's like too close from the original. That's like, I, I really like to play when the track has vocals. That's like my favorite part because I really like to slice it and make it sound different or make it sound like the same person with another voice and stuff like that. And yeah, but yeah, always putting my flavor on it, not just doing an extended version of it, you know, because then it's just like a version. Yeah. Um, so, Victoria, have you, have you done some remixes and do you have an approach to it? it kind of like what you said, I, I like to, you know, um, move things around a little bit and like distort what's happening, but, you know, keep, I think keep like the overall line and groove of the track, but then change the elements a bit. Uh, I think the last remix I made was of Ariel's track. I think that that was the last time, yeah, for counter change. So, yeah, um, something I definitely like. Yes. Was it approved? Yes, it yeah. was. It was approved, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Nice uh, it was a it was a big deal for me because, like, 
a very big deal for me to do that for him. Like he's right next to me. I never said this to him, but um, <laughs> he's, he's one of the people that I most admire. So I was kind of nervous about it. Yeah. Very nervous about it. So, yeah. So I don't know it, if it was approved. We never talked yeah, about it. <laughs> well, maybe this is the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, super nice. She's the best. <laughs> <laughs> the remix is dope. I, I heard it. And Ariel did a remix for me as well this year. And it was like super cute to, we're all like family here. Right? It's really nice to be like collaborating and remixing all of us. Now we have to do one for each other, Victoria. Yes. I'm, I'm, in, I'm up for that. We're cousins. <laughs> <Sister>. <laughs> Second cousins. Our dads are uh, cousins, actually. Okay, nice. Um, yeah, so so the, the one you did uh, together, was it... you? I, I assume you did this in the same space, right? Or did you work from a distance? Like face-to-face -face or... Amanda and myself? Yeah. No, she was in Brazil at the time, and she sent me the stems. Oh, okay. And so you actually didn't you didn't work together in in uh, on on it uh, in person, but you actually did it from a dis distance. Yes, yes, and that's why she was saying that it was kind of weird because we did it super fast, and it developed. I don't know how, like you know, it came out fast. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I I think it's um it is definitely possible, but um. Um, I find that working together, you know, spend time together is in the same space is, is really helps to, to move the project uh, yeah. along quicker, you know. Of course. Um, not, a, not that I'm saying that it's, it is possible to do it from a distance, but I've done loads of those as well. But, you know, you end up um, spending more time emailing and updating versions and sending them yeah, back and forth. Yeah, there's nothing like a nice jab and <laughs> just like bam and you got it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, every, ever since she got here, she's been saying, Victoria, when are we going to do something together? You need to, and you know, it's my bad. Like I've been, you know, kind of... <laughs> Well, we're just easy. Easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're gonna do it. We're gonna. Do it. Are you guys still still using the decks for 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 mixes like always, or? I, uh, I, who are you talking to now? <laughs> to, to you and to Kami. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to me and to Kami. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Okay. So, what was the question again? If you use like always use the desk for like the the final mixes. For your, of your of your tracks, um, I don't know, Kami. Cam, you mean like like I, I do a final mix down and so I'm, I'm it, confused. Like yeah, 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 yeah. You 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 jam on you put it like ah, you, you record an Ableton and then yeah, right, your mix okay, down. Uh, well, I normally like the way how I work. It's it's very like it's very simple, but also like I don't think people would like to see me working because I'm just like recording and recording and recording and kind of jamming but then i record bits and then i process them with effects and then i record more i generally tend to make a track out of two machines like let's say one module one synth and then i just process them over and over again create lots of layers with like you know feedback delays and things like that and then i tend to just like at the end i tend to just chuck a lot of things out because it's really difficult to sit sometimes everything together so less is more but i like to just like keep adding and this is just like the way i just flow with it you know i just try to 
limit myself. And I think the limitation for me is really important because like when you look at here, I have quite a lot of stuff, but I don't tend to use them all at one go because I don't want to get distracted. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's generally one or two machines that are doing the main job all the time. And I just think that formula works for me. I, I went through a lot to get to that point now that I know this is the way it works and I don't want to change it. So because I failed many times, you know, I was always like, oh, I need this gear because this gear is going to be the best. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's classic, yeah. you know, so I know now what works for me and the sounds that I can get with certain machines and what I want to do with it. So if I want to keep my little formula that I want to make my kind of identity, I know what I'm going to do. So I just, I'm sticking to it for now. How, how, do you, how do you choose like what you're going to use in one certain moment, since you want to keep it simple, and you have, I see that you have quite, you know. I mean, I really, I normally work with my modular. There's like one module there that I use in all of my tracks, and I find it very versatile, and I can get a lot of sounds out of it that that, that are very different. So, like I said, I just I record one take of like 10, 15 minutes, and then I chop it, and then I record another take, and then as soon as I start processing them, it just turns into something else. Yeah. So I don't really need to start adding more. Oh, I like this sound and this, and then turn another machine on. I just kind of I I try to like you know like just keep it concise. You know, of course I might add one thing here and there when I think it needs, but I try to stay away from it. Yeah, you know, I kind of do the same. Adding, yeah, delays and feedbacks, and it's just you know it's just taking the whole like you know just taking like like the whole of the space of the track already, like just making it like filling it up. So I can't just yeah add more elements, you know. It's hard. Yeah, li limitation is something that comes up all the time in these chats. You know, people who have who have yeah. a, a lot of gear. You know, they find ways somehow to uh, to stick to just a few pieces because um, you know just to because if you use everything, it thing becomes like a total Frankenstein setup, and and you lose track of what you're doing. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's the best, you know, Absolutely. because if if Absolutely. if you zoom into one thing, you you tend to, I guess, you tend to um, work harder or find find uh, find out more about the range of the instrument as well, so you can get more sort of specialized sounds yeah. rather than just yeah. use whatever comes out of it when you turn it on and then go with that, you know. So it's um, limitation is a thing. <laughs> yeah, the workflow gets easier though, right? Definitely. I mean, I think everybody learns that within time. It's the process we we have to go through it, you know. So yeah, it, it works for me. So I guess it works for a lot of people as well, especially for hardware. It's just yeah, I think. So what is nice the sorry? What is what is that module that you always use? Which one is it? Uh, it's the elements. Oh okay, elements right. Module. Yeah, I use it quite a lot, and I. I recorded over and over again, and actually, I just got myself a new module for my birthday called Plonk from Intelligent. Hey. <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually, if a thousand details is there, like, uh, well, he recommended me to buy that. I don't know if he's in the chat. So he was a guy that was like, okay, you should get that because he also had elements, and he also had the same problems that I had with elements, which sometimes can be really difficult to sit in the mix because it sounds quite harsh. And he said you should look into Plonk. Maybe you'll find it a little bit better. So I got it. I'm looking forward to testing out because they are quite similar. I think. I think the Plonk is a little bit more menu diving. I'm not entirely sure yet because I just got it. So I mm -hmm. need to get my head around it. So I'm looking. I think. I think Plonk is is meant to be more like a percussive instrument. 
yeah, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think it's like Elements is is it's got more than Plonk, but I think Plonk has some sort of very similar sounds. Yeah. More elements this year. Yeah. We'll see. Shout out to Gustavo yeah. <laughs> for recommending uh, that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you do you you tend to to record something? Uh, are you going through the desk because I see you have one of those really nice toft uh, ATB. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's an awesome uh, an awesome mixer. Yeah, I, I so, absolutely love it. Like, do you so I you do you track it. through the mixer to to your yeah. to your computer? Okay, so yeah. so you already you print um, basically you print the sounds with the the treatment of the desk. Yeah, I like to drive it a little bit as well, you know, because it's such a nice sounding desk. So mm -hmm. I mean, that's why I bought it. So I have to use it, and I also really like the EQs. They are super musical. Like to do the more like kind of like corrective kind of EQ, I can use fat filter and other things. But I think for coloring, like yeah, I, I really like this desk. I would yeah, like to have mixer. the sixteen channels. I have the eight channel now. But to be honest, like I said, the limitations somehow makes me work on it well. You know, I think less is more at the moment. Sixteen probably would be ideal, but then you never know. You know, I might just get overwhelmed and start adding too many things, and then I get lost in the jam. So yeah. for now, this really it suits my flow basically. Yeah, yeah. it's got six, it's got eight channels, but it also has groups, right? So you, are you using those groups at all? Yeah, exactly. I can do a lot with it, so it's yeah, it's it's great for me. It's working now, so I'm just gonna stick to the team, the winning team. Uh, it's like a saying, isn't it? When the when the team is winning, you don't change. You know what I mean? Just keep going with it, and yeah, maybe in a few years I can upgrade for like the desperate system channels. So. Yeah. So Ariel, you said you know the desk. Have you worked with it? Yeah, there's a studio we want to record. They got one of sixteen. So there's one guy they got. Like, sweet. I, 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 my, my, bro my brother is getting a studio. Like he's a drummer, and we were thinking to get one of those. So yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah I really like it. Great. Honestly, I recommend. I mean, I heard a lot of stories from people that they said. Oh, I had some problems like with the faders and like this and the pots. Like, they it's just really solid and sounds super yeah. good. I mean, I guess you have to look after it. To be honest, I haven't actually. It's, it's a little bit dusty. I need to <laughs> give it a little bit of love. <laughs> but you know, like it just happens, you know. But it's it's important to just yeah look after your gear, you know. So it lasts. Especially something like that is very delicate. I think. So, yeah. yeah, it's not like something you're going to smash it, you know, you're not going to take it to a life scenario, you know, it's, it's not. Yeah, you're not going to take it to the club, no way. Oh my God, no way. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. No way, yeah. I don't think it would last, to be honest. Like, I don't know, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, which one do you have? I, so you got like a big one. <laughs> Oh, you mean the one behind me here? Yeah. yeah. It's um, it's actually there's two mixers and they're both uh, uh, DDA. Like uh, I think they were they're, they're like from the early two thousands. Nice. And um, um, yeah, they're like a, a British desk. You know, it's got. Um, I mean, if I've used it, it's it's a sort of not, it's sitting there now. But the the other one is uh, is on the on the table behind me, or it's in the back of the table. And uh, recently, we've put it there so we can we can track uh, stuff through it, you know. So we build um, the way I usually work is because there's too much gear to have have it permanently connected, you know. So basically, for every uh, project, um, I choose 
uh, like a limited amount of, uh, of of instruments, and then uh, sometimes you know go straight into the sound card, uh, or you know make a chain of stuff before it before it goes into the sound card. You know, to print with with effects and you know, yeah, like, like sound design before. Yeah, like a f making nice. a flavor of uh, making a flavor before you actually record it, and I like it that way because you know, if you if you um, keep all the options open throughout the process, you know, you tend to spend yeah, way so more much. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. Absolutely. I think so, when yeah. you got when you got inspired by the sound, you just go with flow and. That, and that's that's the yeah. beauty of it, of doing this. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, also, even if even if down the line, you know, things are uh, a bit uh, out of uh, context, you know, I I fix it, you know, in in the box, you know, and and also the th the th the process of fixing things introduces a certain character to it, you know. So yeah, you know what I mean. So and also you can cut stuff and yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's just the quickest way to just uh, yeah. record everything. I do multi-track it. You know, I've I've done stuff that I, where I was just recording the stereo out of of something and then basically just uh, take it or leave it. You know, yeah. but uh, the most most um, the quickest process I think with the most uh, the biggest chance on a on a good end result is just to uh, to record the. Uh, the stems, not everything, but, but like groups of stuff, and and then just uh, straight to straight to yeah. disc, you know, yeah. and then maybe touch it up on in the box a little bit. Um, but it's the quickest way, you know, just press start, see what happens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a great. Good yeah, what I learned a lot, like from this uh, workflow, I uh, think even yeah, Aria taught me a lot about this. Um, it's just. Is that me? I think it's the internet in there. <laughs> they both are they both gone? Yeah, they're both. Oh, yeah, wait, you're back. You're back. back. <laughs> yeah, we're back. Oh yeah. Two down. And then, yeah, it's like just like choose wisely your elements, like Kami said, and do not use like thirty things and focus like in just like a few and just like record it and leave it. I think yeah. She's gone again now. Mm -hmm. She actually left. She said, "Leave it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I I just started to move much faster, and like my whole creative process got better when I learned to do like that. Instead I need to open the door for my cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cats! Please, please, yeah. yeah. Yes, bring cats. Cats yeah. Let's have some. Let's have some cats. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, I just started moving faster when I learned to do that way. Because, like Kami said, I was getting like lost with too many things going on. And, yeah, just feeling like unattached. Like, okay, if you don't like this, you just don't have to keep on doing it. Just, like, leave it, listening to it in two days or whatever. It's going to be so, it's going to sound different. And, yeah, it works really well for me. Just, like, do not attached too much to the project mm. yeah that's a thing you know um if you get too attached to it then you might uh make some decisions that you regret down the line but you know if yeah you, it's it's sometimes good to just uh leave it yeah. for a while and then come back to it and then um get a sort of fresh perspective on things yeah you lose time on it and i just feel like well I, when i released my uh the ep with kami 
on Unterwegs. I just did like a main track, then I just saved it with another name and worked on something else, just like to keep using the same instruments. So we had like an identity. And then the same thing I saved with another name until I did like five or six demos, like working around the same idea. And that was the first time I worked like, like that and really changed the way I do things. It became much faster and more productive. I feel like now I don't, I don't get like struggling with, well, if, if, if it's not working, I'm just trying something else with the same elements and yeah. leave it, you know. So, so you said you work mostly in the box. Do you have some kind of uh, way to to interact via with the sounds with via some kind of uh, controller or something? Is there something you use, or do you everything? Um, it changed from time to time. I had MIDI keyboard. I had a MIDI controller as well. Um, I had uh, 303 back in the past. Uh, sometimes I'm just like, I'm, I'm always changing. Sometimes I'm just like uh, working on uh, sample banks. I recorded on my own at someone else's studio. So it's basically like that. And yeah, I don't really get uh, too much, uh, I don't know, uh, worried about that. Like I'm always uh, sitting around with people with, everything and now i moved here to paraguay so i didn't, i just sold all my stuff and didn't want to like carry anything else i like to be like to keep on learning new things and yeah i i, I work pretty well only with the computer for me it works really well mm. if i'm going to use uh, some gear i prefer it's just like analog and i can do more stuff or maximum uh, midi keyboard but just yeah. like these portable ones yeah yeah, the reason I'm asking is because um, uh, having some kind of uh, manual control um, gives you a bit more. Uh, I don't know. That's just maybe it's true for me only. You know, because yeah. I'm, I'm used to using hardware, but um, you know, to be able just to go by feeling instead of yeah. uh, looking at the screen too much. How do you do? You do you find that uh, a barrier somehow, or is it? Do you you don't care? Can you actually walk around no? Because. I'm a graphic designer before I was DJing and producing, so I'm really used to spend over 10 hours in front of the screen. Right. Actually, I don't even see time passing by, so it's really not uncomfortable for me. But of course, uh, the more I can do with gear and touch all the machines, the workflow is so different. And mm. even though when you like record it and then you're gonna edit on the computer, it just feels different. Of course, it's always better, but really, it doesn't bother me. I really like to be like slicing things on Ableton. It's it's a fun part for me, besides the creating part. So it's not, but I think it's because I am really used to work with a computer. Yeah, mm. that makes sense. Honestly, I think that I mean it makes sense. Like what I do, because I I've always played vinyl, so I have this thing of, you know, I need yeah. To you know, touching something. And every yeah. time, you know, when I start producing, I was using Ableton. I'm like, okay, I I, I never got into making music yeah. in the box. That never really worked for me until I first bought like a synthesizer. I was like, okay, now I feel like I enjoy this. You know, I, I don't know. I cannot explain, you know, so. Yeah, I totally came from yeah, that. I'm just, like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm just happy I can actually spend 10 hours on my computer doing something I really love and not making someone else rich. 
So I'm, <laughs> I'm just thankful for that. I used to be so exploited in my graphic designer jobs. So I'm just like, yeah, okay. I can be like here 20 days. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first thing you got then, um, Kami? Um, good question. I actually, I have it here. It's a really, really old version of the MFB. I think it was the first ever MFB that came out. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Is it MFB one? I don't. I don't know. I don't even know it anymore. It is somewhere, but I don't really use it. And then the second one was this guy here. It was a June sixty. Oh yeah. It's just after. Yeah. But at the moment, it's a little bit of a museum there. It's gonna. <laughs> it's gonna be activated at some point. But it's just you know. It's, I I go through phases of thinking I want to sell it, but then. I once no. almost did, and then I, the day that the guy was going to come and pick it up, I had to say, I'm really sorry, I changed my mind. <laughs> so angry with me, you know. He was like, yeah. I can't believe it. I said, I'm really sorry. I was just like, okay, I'm going to regret it because I bought it from a good friend because he had two. He just, he had two. He says, okay, I'll sell you one. He actually lives in the Netherlands. Uh, uh, Marco Spaventi, I'm not sure you know him. He's a master Who? engineer. Uh, Spaventi, Marco? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Marco sold me this, I don't know, it was like more than 10 years ago. And then I kind of, I have also this feeling like the of attachment, you know, like friend, you know, I can't, yeah, I just. It's a beautiful scene. Yeah, I know. It, it was a moment, you know, I had, I had that moment. I said, I'm going I'm <laughs> to I'm gonna buy something else. It's one of those moments when you just have yeah. clock in your head, you know. And now I think I'm okay. I passed that phase and that was a work. Horrible experience, you know, making someone upset as well. So <laughs> I'm never ever gonna do that again. Yeah. That. Yeah. Which, pro- yeah. which prophet is the the one in the top? Ah, uh, this is the ref two. This one, yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I used I use that as well for almost all my tracks. Really, it's nice. mainly that, like the modular, you know, the drums from like the Joe Mox. You know, I always use the kick. I love the kick from Joe, Joe Mox. Yeah, I used to have the kick on my on my system. I saw my system recently, and I got the tempest. Oh, nice! And how how is it going? Are you getting on with it? Good. I, I love the tempest. You can like you can make a lot of stuff just in, just in silo. Okay. Like, I never use it. Yeah. How yeah, you can. It's it's one of those machines you can you can write entire yeah. tracks without yeah. using anything else. Yeah. And the, and the swing is amazing. It's like the Roger okay. Lin swing. It's like the MPC, so it's like super organic. I really like it. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I would like to have a go one day, maybe. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a funny one because every time people are like, "Oh, did you see this new machine?" and I'm like, "No, I don't like to look because if I look, I want to buy." Uh, it's always like that, so I'm kind of like, "Don't show me because I'm gonna like." Yeah, I was lucky. I, I got I got bar- a friend borrowed to me like for a year. So I like I, okay. I, last time I went to Berlin, I I took it with me and I stick to it, and it's like nice. I really like okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I think I've seen some people play live with it as well. I can't remember if it was. Yeah, blue one, blue. Yeah, yeah. blue one. Yeah. They got, they got two. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Okay. Nice, nice. Do you have one as well, Johan? A tempest. Yeah. No, no, I don't. I mean, I've, I've. Um, uh, there was one time when somebody brought one to the studio. And to be honest, I was kind of intimidated by it. It was. Um, okay. It's not one of these things you sit down with and you can instantly find your way around it you know you have to kind of get your head around it a bit but i i didn't have enough time to to do that but the sounds were yeah they sounded um it has a really uh, specific sound on its own i guess but i didn't get re- really deep into it so i i wouldn't be able to comment on it but it uh, yeah it's a very versatile machine for sure 
But is um, I mean, Kami, you, you in your tracks, you know, you always have these really sort of um, driving percussive type things. Is it all coming from your drums, or do you also use synths to generate them, or samples, or whatever? Uh, elements. I, I just mess around with, with elements. All really? Times, all the also time, for you know? the okay. Also for the percussion. But I process, like you, I process like you jamming the, the same the same line and just, just tweaking the your scene and then tweaking the sound and layering. Like I record. I record one take and then I record another take and then sometimes I record for like twenty minutes and I get the best bits of it and I put them together, try to make them sit, and that's where some problems arise, of course. Yeah. You know. But, I make it say, and I, I also have uh, the drama, like a, a gate, which I like to chop the rhythms and like do like little things. And yeah, I've recently finished this remix, which I used it and it worked so well. So I'm really, actually really happy. Um, yeah, you know, I'm just experimenting with, with things, but mainly I, I don't use samples or anything. It's just machines and processing them over and over with pedals, you know, like feedback loops and yeah, just... Just messing around, really, like just <laughs> trying to make it complicated, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, play, just, playing yeah. around is the is probably the best way to come up with something. Yeah, just yeah. Uh, yeah. trying things out. Never be afraid to chat to try something. Totally. I mean, I never come to the studio like, oh, I'm not one of these people that have these. Oh, I'm I'm gonna make this track sounding like this. It it never happens for me. It's just like I'm going in. I'm gonna have a jam and let's see what comes out of it. You know, just yeah. I'm just coming with a blank page and. Let's see how it goes, and I just go with the flow. If I get something, I'm okay. I can work on this. I really like this, and I just like drive it up, you know. And then I try to turn into a track. If not, then I just keep jamming, you know. So I'm happy with something, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's the th that's the that's, thing, you know. If yeah, and that's that's the thing about about uh, getting something uh, interesting is not to try to work towards a certain goal. Because yeah. you're always going to be uh, off, you know. It's uh, it's way harder to to replicate something or to make something sound exactly like you have it in your head. You know, yeah. that's just almost impossible, to be honest. You know, it, you can get a long way, but it's um, it takes away the fun. You know, it's much more fun to yeah. just to fuck around and see what happens and then yeah. accept what's. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to come out every day with a nice track. It's just like having fun. So, yeah. yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. I, I find it impressive that people actually that can they can have that in their head and they can they can put it down into a track. I find it amazing, you know. I'm like full respect yeah. for doing that. It just I, I I've never had that. I don't have this thing because for me it's more like I'm just I just want to jam and make a loop and like you know drums and yeah. It's just a yeah. different vibe, you know. I think than just it's like that. exercising. I think yeah. you, the more you just do it, the more your brain works on that flow and makes yeah. you like your creativity or inspiration, whatever shows up. Yeah. It's not like if you're not in constant touch with that activity, you just don't like go there, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I think even like fooling around like with instruments, even doing silly things, it's really like helping to exercise that side, right? Yeah. Not totally, absolutely, absolutely. There's a comment from uh, DJ Nisek. Ah, I... Nisek, yeah, he's a friend from Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out yeah. to Nisek. Um, yeah, he That's says, um, before selling Why? anything, hide it in the closet for a few months and to see if it would be really missed. That's a good one. That's a good yeah. one, yeah. That's I'll a really take good that one. advice, yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> 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 
The other thing is I, I've got this uh, tac tactic um, which is the opposite. It's like uh, when I'm uh, hit by some gear lust, you know, um, and I think, ah, I'm, I really need this thing and, uh, you know, I should buy it. Um, you know, that can be obviously be a very dangerous thing because you might end up buying th shit which you never need, you know. So I put it in the shopping basket and I don't touch it for a month. And you know, you know what? 90, 99 out of 100 times it disappears, you know. It's like, okay, um, maybe in like a week after I think, ah, yeah, what was I thinking, you know, forget about it. Never, never mind. <laughs> I have a friend, he bought online, sorry, he bought um, a gear, I think he was an Octatrack or something. So he bought it on eBay and he used the gear for like one day. <laughs> and returned it. He bought it on purpose to try it because you can't just go on a shop and buy it in Brazil. He literally like touched everything and tried everything and just returned it and got his money back. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, these online stores that uh, stopped uh, the policy for certain instruments, especially for CDJs, because uh, many people, oh. they bought like three or four CDJs and then <laughs> learned how to DJ and then returned them out, you know, just before the... <laughs> so before, you know, before the first gig. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I never ever even thought about that actually. I mean I, of course if I'm buying something I would try and if I don't like I will return if I don't think it fits, but I would just yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah but it happened I got all that truck and I have to, I sell it I sell it like right away. Like it's yeah. really nice, but super hard to use. <laughs> okay, okay, let's go. Everybody let's. This is the Octatrack part of the chat. You know, we yeah. always somehow, we always somehow end up here. <laughs> so we ac we actually had, uh, um, you know, Federico from uh, Aura Music. You know, he uh, he has a the the best story because he I think he bought it four times. You know, and sold it three times. You know, finally he settled on it. <laughs> That you know, yeah, you know, I I don't want this, and uh, so I should return it. And then he was like, mm, maybe sh I should give it another try. And it happened like four times. So that's yeah, I was thinking, pretty crazy. I was thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone yeah. I know says that. Well, I had it, and I I, I yeah, I just it, it was just sitting there, it was just clocking, you know, for like six months. And then I looked at it. it's a really expensive clock. I need to get rid of it. <laughs> and I just did it, you know. So it just yeah, I don't know. It's just a little bit. Not my my thing. I don't. I don't know. You know. But maybe I'll buy it again. You know. <laughs> so. You would not be yeah. the first one for sure. Yeah. Exactly. So, but yeah. but um, yeah. What what was the problem with the Octatrack then, uh, Ariel? I don't know. Menu Did menu you... diving and and uh, it's just a word just for me. I like the sound though. The sound is really nice, but I don't know. Is so I, I'm I'm. I, I don't know that I'm not the the, the menu guy. I, I I don't read sometimes the menu. And well, that's the thing, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, with 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 most with, yeah, with most uh, most hardware, you can just un unbox it and and uh, you know try sort of uh, start trying do things and and always yeah, usually something you happens just and you can with something and that's it. Yeah, you exactly. To, you don't need to read; it's work. And, and with the tempers I got that, so it's like, that's it. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, so uh, or the or the NPC. <laughs> I never I never read the the manual. Yeah, for, for some piece of gear you don't need to, but I think if you really want to make use of the Octatrack, because 
you know, there's so many things in there. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, we we, dis- we dis- discuss the Octatrack all the time. I mean, we should actually call the this the Octatrack Twiddlers Hangout. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe get some of the Electron guys. Yeah, on, what actually. about Electron guys? Because yeah. because we can try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, the thing is, nobody. Um, uh, who has the Octatrack is using it the same way, you know. Everybody has their sort of special use for it. Yeah, the it can. It's really like a chameleon. Yeah, it's like a chameleon. You know, you can use it for sequencing. Some people just absolutely love the MIDI sequencing on it. Um, obviously, all the sample features, but you know, people are using it to chop samples or to do sound design or whatever. But it's it's uh, it's so versatile. Um, you the, always the, feel, sound, the sound is amazing. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a really nice sculpting machine, you know, if you want to do sound design, it's it's really yeah. nice, but yeah, anyway, so that's the that's the Octatrack thing. Anybody has an ex- experience uh, Amanda or um, Victoria a- ever ever tried one? Mm, no, not really, but I really like how it sounds and I've worked with, you know, a lot of um sounds coming from the Octatrack, yes. Yeah. I touched I touched a bit uh, in Ariel's previous studio on the LPC studios. The time we did tracks with Ananda that summer, but it was all like plugged. I was just like, you know, and I love how it sounds. But yeah, every, everyone I knew that owns it said the same thing. And I was just, okay, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, same it's, it's uh, definitely need some, uh, some, some time, you know, it's some time investment. It's a good oh, comment okay. from uh, Nisek. He actually said yeah. that, you know. I don't even, uh, I, I'm the one like, I hate manuals person too. I just don't. I can't. I try to read them, watch tutorials. I, I need to just like do it and learn it how I, while I do it. So yeah. not the manual the person. Track. You have to read the manual, I think, like to just get into it. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I can to- I, I can totally get into it. it for me, it was also this, uh, you know, it sat there for a while, and then I, I decided, okay, let's let's just make it worth it, and and I spent, I probably a few days even, you know, with uh, just trying things out, and, uh, and and you know, try to remember it next time I go back to it, because that's another thing, you know, you can <laughs> yes. you can even, you can. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, you can you use it and then you you develop your kind of way to 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 work with it and then you go back to it and after uh, after a week and it's all gone. You have to you have to basically spend so much time with it and make it familiar yeah. to your workflow, and um, yeah, then it works. Anyway, it's it's worth it. I think it's a it's a very powerful, very powerful machine. Yeah, um, I don't know why I it, I just, I just, it was yeah. It, I didn't feel it at all. Like I, don't, I, I just think I don't like the whole thing with all the effects inside and all in one box kind of mm. thing. It doesn't work for me. I don't vibe with that. Just I don't know. I need to have my thing separate. You know, the whole system of having one box that can do a lot of things. Yeah, I was not into it. I think yeah. Why? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's a sampler. It's a sequencer. It's got effects. It's got everything. You know, for a lot of people, I think it it works. Yeah, definitely. The idea was to buy that to play live, but it obviously, you know, who knows? Maybe in six months' time, you know, I just decide to get it again. I would like to get this <laughs> the Circlin, but I don't know when. I'm on the I'm on the waiting list. Whenever that will happen, so. Fingers crossed. <laughs> nice, yeah. Circlon nice. shout out. That's another yeah. one that comes up very regularly. Yeah, have you have you have you tried it? 
I think you've, I mean, Mike has one, right? So we may, maybe you've, you've used it in his studio. Yeah. I got a friend that got it here too. Sweet. Sweet. If you got a lot of, a lot of stuff, it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that I can see myself. So you can, you can be like, you, you can see there and everything's going to move around you. It's like, yeah. it's nice. Yeah. 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 Like on, on the fly, you know, kind of yeah. like cool stuff. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, I can see myself working with it, you know. But uh, my partner, who I share the studio with, he bought this uh, sequencer called the Engine, which is arriving tomorrow, and that is also an amazing sequencer. So really that's that's the that's the, the the white and red one. The white one, right? yeah, white yeah. red one, yeah. yeah. They're not it's they're, really nice they're too. Not anymore, yeah. So like we found it on Facebook, and he was like, "I'm gonna buy," and I was like, "I you're gonna buy? I'm gonna buy." We were kind of both like, "Who's gonna <laughs> buy?" And he said, "I'm buying." I was like, "Fine." <laughs> right, and I'll use it when you have. So I'm looking forward to playing with that as well. Um, let's see how it goes. Yeah. So what do you have? Looks- what do you have going on in uh, uh, in terms of sequencers now? Then to to control uh, your modular and stuff. I have the the verbers, the multi stage. I have oh, the yeah. Dufa, the, the Mac. But you can't see because it's it's in front of me here. You know the big one, the old school uh, Dufa. Yeah, like the, the three three rows of sixteen. That one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I really like that as well. Um, and I also have the dark time, which is not I put it away because I'm not really using it at the moment. So these two are kind of uh, doing the job here for me. I'm pretty happy with it. So. Dark time is nice too. Yeah, I yeah. I don't own one, but I've I've had people over here who who, who use them, and um, yeah. I th- some people are are using two. You know, if you mm-hmm. can use if you can sequence one with the other, it gets really crazy very quickly. So it's um, yeah. it's nice. a it's a nice a handy one. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I did think of selling it, but then again, I said I'm not because it, it might come in handy. You know, at some point I'll need it, so I'm just gonna keep it for now. Yeah, let's see. But it's really good. I really uh, recommend as well. Yeah. Speaking of the Circlon, uh, our friend Split, Split Redix is um, famous for his uh, Circlon uh, tutorial videos, and he's doing a new one. He's uploading one, so let's nice. check it out. When uh, <laughs> everybody head over to his channel uh, after this and uh, and see what he uh, come up with. Thank I you. hope it was on the auxiliary uh, functions. I think he was, you know, he was on the show a while ago. Um, so uh, Stefan uh, or Stephen, let us know which uh, what the, what is the the angle on the video would be nice. So, um, yeah, cool. So, um, um, oh, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's saying it's an Orc event, Orcs event one. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Ariel, I, I, do you have any favorite sequences, anything you use uh, except for the, the MPC? Uh, I'm, I'm using mainly Ableton now and, uh, and, and the MPC. That's it. Right. And I'm... I, I have the the one that looks like a 303 on my on my system. I, I don't remember the name. Like the acid 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 lab. Acid stepper. Oh, yeah, okay. acid stepper. Um, I don't know. I can use. I, I like the dark time too. Yeah, so so you know, if you have an MPC and Ableton, what what is the the, the division of the of the roles between the two? Uh, what do you use one thing for, and what do you use the other thing for? Mostly, do you build uh, your rhythms build rhythms on the MPC or something, and then yeah, and also yeah, and then also I I I put the the I got the three thousand and the okay. the 
the conversion is really nice and the input also. So I put like the BSTs or whatever comes from the computer, like through that. If I want the filter, I have to sample, but like just put it through there and give like a little saturation, gives like a nice flavor and it sits like really well on the mix. This MPC sound kind of thing. Yeah, it's really tight, a really tight punch. Yeah, and sound. also the, the M M MS MSF 42, the filter. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I use that that one a lot. Yeah, yeah. It was actually made for um, for people who were using MPCs. Yeah, which which it, felt it came with, a, with a two thousand. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really nice, and also got like a kind of phaser effect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, phase shifter. For, for, yeah. for the high cuts and shit, it's like nice. Yeah. Yeah, we actually did a, a sound pack this month uh, that we give away to our our patrons. And it was done with an SDS-8, you know, the old Simmons uh, drum synth. Oh, and, nice. And uh, it was running through the uh, Akai MFC-42, like the, the filter. Yeah. So yeah. that combination actually rocks, you know. You, you can, I mean, the SDS is a really powerful synth. But if you if you add a little bit of flavor with, uh, with, yeah. with a filter or something that is, you know, sort of enhancing the sound a little bit... It's um, it's it's really cool. It sounded it sounds amazing. I, I I hadn't used it that much, you know, before, but I'm I'm a big fan now. <laughs> it's yes. a really nice filter. Um. So so how do how do you go about um um making arrangements then? Because uh, the MPC has some arranging features as well. I, I don't I don't I don't I don't build the tracks on the MPC. I, okay. I, I I just jam and I got a lot of audio and I just cut it and looping. Or, or just just like or just leave the, the whole jam. Yeah. So, do you have any kind of um, sort of updated way of uh, um, storing your sounds? Because the three thousands only had a floppy, right? Yeah, but I, I'm uh, I have to I have to put like five hundred pounds to to change it. Like I have to change the the screen and and they got like a new reader that you can use just USB. That's why I can, like I'm not making beats there. Like I have to sample everything from scratch and like just record, and then I just turn it off and it's not there anymore. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. One of those. Uh, okay, nice one. <laughs> yeah, there's something to it, man. It's like um, you know, you make a choice and a selection on the spot, and uh, and you stick with it. That's you know, it's a real sort of way to focus yourself, I guess. Yeah, and make few ideas, and like if you make ten too, it's going to be like really good, and then the other. Maybe you got a nice sound, like you got a nice key drum that you can use in the sampler in another track. So, yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Um, I think so, yeah. Uh, as, besides making techno, Arian makes hip hop also, mm -hmm. and like even the way his approach to making music and the sound, the final sound of a techno track, you can even feel that you know that the hip hop. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also uh, drum and bass and funk. And so he brings all these flavors to dance music, which is amazing. Very, it's, very versa versatile, yes. And gives a solid body to the tracks, you know, like they sound really like real. Pumping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could see Ariel's face like going like, okay, okay. <laughs> it's flushing. <laughs> yeah, are there are there any any um, uh, hip hop ideas or techniques you use in in your um, 
your sound do you do you like uh, sample records and stuff like that as well or do you come up with stuff uh, from scratch mostly uh, I, uh, I, I do kind of the, the classic stuff or, or I try to do like the way I, I do techno hip hop too because of, of, I use synths too and try to do like crazy stuff but with hip hop drums but mainly is I, I like I like to chop breaks and sample stuff yes it's like that's, that's the fun yeah yeah, I heard, also heard some some tracks of yours that are pretty much ambient type stuff, right? So what, yeah, what, what, yeah. What what is the kind of gear you use for that? Because I, that must be that must be synths, right? That like uh, your actual analog synths or yeah, she, she got she got a one hundred six Arduino and I and I got it for oh, like right. a, for like a few months. And sometimes I start I start techno with ambient and. And it goes well, or sometimes just like I, I, I start like a techno and, and put some pads on it, and then the pads became become a track. And, and right, just yeah, everything start start, like, start with a techno track, and then turns yeah. into an ambient thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds very familiar. Like, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> hmm, maybe if I take out this and this and this, it sounds better. And then all, better. you keep keep reducing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Keep <laughs> reducing until you're. Uh, <laughs> yeah, happens with. Gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It happens with making making beats as well. You know, I, I I tend to reduce a lot, and then at some point, you know, it's just uh, maybe five percent of what it started with is is still there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but okay, who cares? You know, whatever happens, you know, whatever works. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the way to go. Exactly. Not think too much. I say that, but I think a lot. Like, I think probably too much like when I'm making tracks. I think like after like two or three hours, if I'm not getting anywhere with an idea, I start to question myself. This is actually good. That's just a question that comes up a lot for myself. And then I, I kind of like, when I start thinking that it's is the time that I have to pull it off. You know? mm -hmm. That's when I know that I'm just losing the, the, you know, just losing perception, you know, like when I just don't know if it's sounding good anymore, like, after four hours, three four hours, it's it's time to just go. Yeah, sure. I mean, it it sounds it sounds it is. I think it happens to everybody who's working in the studio. Yeah. At some point, you're beyond the the stage where you can actually judge well yeah. what you're doing, and you because you're so sucked into it, and uh, you know, especially if you're listening to things on repeat, you know, it's um, yeah, yeah. It's amazing, yeah. It, the overview disappears somehow. Yeah. You can always play it to somebody. So you can always play it to somebody else, you know. Or um, yeah, is there something you you do like uh, maybe you know send it to somebody and ask for their opinion? Definitely, yeah, definitely. Like like with uh, Jack, like who also shares a studio with me, so he always listens to it and he's kind of saying just keep going because <laughs> otherwise I'll just probably not finish it to be honest. Really, like cause, like I said, after three hours, if I'm not like still focused and get on with it i just start questioning is this really sounding good am i going too far now it's it's time to quit like and just yeah, have a have a night off and come back next day and you know yeah definitely definitely it generally i think for me works best when i can finish the quickest if i take too long and it drags it you know to finish it off it's like a painful process like because i just <laughs> struggle to listen to it, it so many times you know and like i just finished this record and i'm kind of like i'm dreading to get the getting the masters because i'll have to listen to it and i'm kind of like please i don't want to listen to it because i'm just going to keep fault like finding like 
little bits yeah. that oh, I could have done this better, you know, this was not how I wanted to be, and you know, it's all on my head, and mm. I'm the only one that's gonna think that. I know that, but I don't take my own advice if you understand what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, like, you, we change so much from time to time. I mean, I'm not the same producer I was six months ago, or even the same person, and it just gets lost. I just learned really to unattach because it just, it's, uh, I don't know, self punishment. <laughs> yeah. Keep on like. Like even I don't even like play all of my tracks because I don't want to listen to them again. <laughs> like, oh yeah, and like Never. if the label approved and everything's fine, it's fine. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you think anymore. It's not yours anymore. You but that's I mean? that's what I'm saying. You have to call it off at one point because like I'm just like it's not good. And then the label says it sounds great that you don't need yeah. to do anything. But I'm still thinking that's yeah. not good. So. Is it on my yeah, head? I'm always asking myself, you know? Yeah. So we, yeah, really I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, I learned thing... a lot from that. Sorry. No, sorry, go. No, yeah. I think um, I I learned that process to unattach first working with uh, artwork, with graphic design and illustration, especially for clients, because it's never what you want, it's what the client wants. And at some point, even if you're doing a super creative and beautiful work, uh, you just don't, uh, it, you'd never finish it if you keep going like that and overthinking. And just feel yeah. bad about yourself and you're always like self-conscious and you're yeah. only like enjoying the process and never the result. And you're living like always in the future and then that like anxiety for the future and depression from the past. And you're like never there <laughs> at the end, you know? So I, I just learned like, okay, it, it doesn't have to be such a big deal. Like do your job, finish it, like send it over. If it's approved, then it's fine. It doesn't Move matter on. anymore. Yeah. You're gonna do I that forever and ever and ever. Like I need to yeah. hear more of that because it's good. It's good advice for me, you know. Because I think mm -hmm. I get too attached with, with stuff, you know. Like, yeah, you, also you, can, yeah. like you can make a yeah. bunch of stuff and you just make a bunch of stuff and you're gonna keep doing you're gonna, it. Right? You're gonna have oh, great oh, ones and. Yeah, well, you have my number, Tommy, so <laughs> anytime. <laughs> okay, I'll just send it over to you. What do you think of that? Yeah, <laughs> Every time. Cool. Yeah, I mean, after all, it's it's like a, it's, it is like a snapshot, you know? So, like, I, th I think uh, it's a very good point what Amanda just said, you know? It's like uh, you, you can... Who you are at the moment. Like... Yeah, yeah, because if, if, you know, a few months down the line or a few years, I don't know, you... you you hear it and you're like, what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you, um, did you have that before? Yoga? Me? Yeah. All the time, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, it is like, um, I always say that, um, the moment where I kind of abandon it or I, th where I call it finished, uh, I call it like, uh, I'm, I'm temporarily satisfied, you know, um, because I know the trap, uh, the traps of uh, you know overproducing something. If you are, um, if you really want to reach that point where you are happy with the entire thing, that there's no nothing irritating anymore, um, you can get close to that. But at the same time, once you get in that area, 
I feel you kind of killed it already. You know, you've you've removed the original spark and the thing that that uh, that got you going when you were first yeah. excited about what you were doing. Yeah. And yeah, so no you polish fun. all, yeah, you polish all the the inconsistencies or the things that are annoying uh, out, like and and then that. and then basically the whole the whole spirit is gone. You know, the whole the whole aura. Um, yeah, yeah. So so you have to. It is it is a a bit of a. Uh, balancing on a balancing act you know between um keeping the vibe and the original energy that you felt when you were starting to work on it and getting it as, as much into the into the shape that you are happy with it but um and there, it's a thin it's a thin line because you can easily go too far or you can leave it uh too much unpolished and then it's you know obviously uh, not finished you know so at some point you have to decide and and like Amanda says, you have to get detached from it as much as possible because that gives you the best perspective to to judge what you were doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've I've never listened to anything I've done and thought, "Wow, you've done a perfect track." <laughs> you know, there's always something. There's always something wrong with it. You know. I rarely play play also my stuff. Like I just want to like just. Yeah, and the more it's all about perception, isn't it? Because if you yeah. tell that to me, like for example, if you if any of you tell to me, I'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about, you know. But you will be like, no, but it's it's not perfect, you know. So it's, yeah, it's, it's and the, and the uh, and the other thing is, yeah, really yeah, the weird. other thing is that you are the only person that would have these thoughts because you were the, the person who created it. So you know, you know the you can identify the stuff that you that you thought were you know not so perfect or could be improved or whatever, and nobody else can because if you would play it to anybody else um, than yourself, they would just take it as it is and you know have like a complete uh, blank, uh, you know uh, co the context will be blank for them. You know there is no nothing to say about it except for do you like it or not? You know does it sound great or not? Mm. And the more you so, play the, tr the track gets played by others, uh, each time it, it loses or it wins uh, some of that aura, I guess. So it's never going to sound the same to anyone true. ever. Like even like with uh, paintings or if you like reproduce something many, many, many times, it loses their original aura, but it mm. changes into something else as well. So you have to really attach from it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I, I always say that tracks have two lives, you know, or music has two lives. One is when it's when it's conceived uh, by the producer or the maker of it. That is yeah. one life, and then basically you you push it out into the world, and then other people are attaching memories to it, and other people are interpreting it, and it gets played in certain context with other music, and then it takes on a whole new identity and a new. Um, uh, yeah, you call it aura. It's like uh, um, it's no longer yours. It's like out there doing its thing and uh, yeah. ac accumulating um, yeah, it's val energy. value. Yeah, it's accumulating from, value, from which course. is which is put on, put on it by other people. You know, by experiences, by memories, by stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. it's the second That's life. Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, weird. <laughs> yeah, but that's this en it's energy. That's the beauty of it, after all. It's like a little drama, you know? I kind of enjoy the drama of it, to a certain yeah. level. You know what I mean? It's like your own little drama with it, but it, I think it's just being an artist, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't like my art! Like, you know, like... <laughs> 
These are some artist dramas, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, I think we were we were, t we were touching this subject a little bit before we uh, went online. It's like uh, uh, it can be deceiving to to watch like YouTube videos or people talking about their music in a more sort of uh, uh, scripted way because it it almost seems like it's painting by numbers. You know, like if you do yeah. this, you get this. If you do this, you get this. But the yeah. whole sort of emotional part of it is left out. You know, how do you actually feel when you're doing it, and what is the you know, there's all these things playing in your head, you know, are, you know, there might be something you're trying to get in terms of aesthetics or emotion or feeling. And, and that is something that is just a really personal thing. And uh, you can r not really know about this until you actually start uh, yeah. creating and something. To, and you go you, to the club and, oh man, I miss the club. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, you said you had your you have your own club, right? So yeah. what, what what is it? Where is it? What what's uh, uh, how is it? It's, 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 uh, we got this uh, super kitsch hotel from the eighties, <laughs> and, and and we rent the basement and we change it. And the name the name is Tango. We okay. we got we got a Martin sound system, and it's like oh cool, it's, it's a Sleeping Beauty now, which is waiting. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But that's really cool, man. That you have your own place. Is it? Do you run it with uh, friends, or do you, are you, you doing it by yourself? Uh, uh, we're, we're five now. I start. I start. I start having clubs since two thousand and three. Okay. That's our yes, third club, right? Yeah. There, like, there never was like a proper place to to do our stuff. So, what's I the capacity? It. How, how big uh, is it? now? It's like four hundred. Oh, that's perfect size, man. Yeah, yeah. basement. Like the bar is close to the booth, cozy. <laughs> the bar is close to the booth. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we would love to have you, the three of yeah. you. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Uh, we, I'm on my we, way. We got, <laughs> Open we, the door. <laughs> we got we got Steve Rashman like two two times here. Oh, like, cool. Yeah, right. it's like really like really nice guy. Yeah, Steve is lovely, man. I've, yeah. uh, I've worked with him twice during the the lockdown period, and um, you know, it's a it's a really uh, you know it. it you know, he, I, I, yeah, absolutely. And but he never played live, and he didn't tell me until he arrived. He was like, really? yeah, I've yeah, I've never done this, and uh, let's just see how it goes. I mean, nice. he was totally heroic about it. You know, it's like. I invited him. Let's let's do a jam, you know, and and uh, you know, do everything from scratch without any planning. Amazing. And then we basically set something up in the afternoon, and he would, he brought some gear and he, he used some gear from 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 the from the room here, and he just went for it. And I only found out he was um, not he hadn't done this before, but it didn't sound like that. It was like fuck, man, <laughs> you should have tried yeah. it earlier because it sounded amazing. Yeah, really, yeah, really laid back. Together. Yeah, also. that's the plan. At some point, yeah. for sure, we will do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. So, so, um, uh, do you use the the sound system sometimes to check your uh, uh, music on? Because that would be ideal, man. Uh, to have yeah, just since, a sound since, system. Since since COVID, now, like they're sleeping. <laughs> but yes, like once that I have time and I play in the club, yes, I always like, try it once for sure. No, but I mean, if it's if you know without audience, just to yeah, listen to it yeah, on a sound no, system. Yeah, or during the sound check. Yes. Yeah. I always go with a with a, with a folder or with like all the stuff I got during the week or the month, and boom, 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 play. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, that's like having a second pair of uh, monitors, you know, just have yeah, access to a uh, big ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Martin sound, is it like the the old like the the old ones like the no, the big square? No, they're the new ones. Like the, the like the whole system is in one box. Okay. They, they are right, a right system. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah, I mean, it's always a. Uh, I think that's every producer's dream, right? To have like a door next to your studio, you can walk in and uh, and have a m massive uh, club sound system to check your stuff on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So in in general, checking music um, um, in progress on uh, during DJ sets is that something um, you do? Or for example, Amanda, it's like uh, when you when you're producing something and you or remixing something. Uh, do you take it to you know on the road if you if you're playing somewhere and and sneak it into your set just to see how it works? Yeah, definitely. Um... So Ariel helps me since day one with my mix and mix downs and all the tips and feedbacks. And so he can always do like a limited uh, bounce for me to try it over on the clubs. So we basically can always do that, right? Get something ready and in the same day try it out, which is great. But yeah, it's been a while. I can't do that. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like, mean in in, yeah. in general because I, yeah, I, yeah. I've I've tried it before, but it, you know, try to sneak it in because you you know you're like excited about it and you want you want to see how it works in a set. Yeah, but, and sometimes uh, you lose all the energy from the records and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. it yeah. did happen to me. Yeah, <laughs> and and also it's not always um, actually giving you the information that you that you want because you know every sound system is different and, and you need and to trigger like, a lot also so yeah you're competing with stuff that is already out and mastered and everything yeah, exactly. so uh, so it's it is fun to try but it um yeah i mean yeah. some i know i know a lot of a lot of people who who you know update their versions according to what they felt like it sounded in the club but i always find it very difficult you know it's um sometimes yeah, can i do it yeah well, I mean, we do we do it with. Uh, I did a lot that with uh, Ariel's tracks, for example, because he's always sending me demos and unreleased stuff that are not quite mastered, but you can try it out. And I have that always in my folders, you know, in my own projects as well. But then, yeah, once I was uh, playing in Moscow, and I, I'm always like playing, I don't know, layering things. So maybe for a couple of minutes, something that was like a demo was sounding. Then after my set, I heard these guys like in Russian. I just heard their words saying my name. And then I was like, okay, that's me you're talking about. And they were like, oh, you're, you're, you're Amanda. So were you playing some low quality files as if i was playing like 192 kbps tracks or something i was like no maybe it was just like my friends demos i should tell them to just have like a better mix down anyway it sounded for like two minutes so who cares <laughs> and that's how you learned like not to play that shit anymore on with some systems mm. maybe when i'm like at a shitty one or a smaller place i'll try them out just to see the energy of it but as, as you said you can't really have the the best reference if it's not properly mastered. I don't know. That's true. Yeah, I think I think you can get some some value from playing it uh, in terms of seeing how the arrangement works and how things yes, you know how quickly exactly. things 
yeah, how, th- how quickly That's things build, or you know, you might you might actually because in the studio you're like. Um, you have this sort of pace of working and, and an, you're in a less chaotic and a less, um, you know, energyful room, you know, basically you're just by yourself or with, with uh, some other people, but not with a crowd, you know, and in a yeah. crowd in real time, things sometimes can start sounding uh, too loopy and too stretched out and stuff like that, you know, so it does give you some information about that. Um, but in terms of mix down you know forget it it's just not um yeah. uh it doesn't give you that much information i guess you said you said you recognize this um uh, kami like about the arrangement uh if you uh, play sorry, something can you in... well uh, okay well i mean we're talking about like trying your stuff out in a club you know things you're working on yeah. and yeah, 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 uh so. and sometimes you know or most of the time it doesn't really give you any clues about the sound because you know you're competing with uh, with sure. other master tracks, but it does give you some clue about how the pace of the track works and how quickly things happen or how slow things happen. Yeah. And you you said you recognize that. So is that something you you do or ex- have experience with? Something I've just started doing recently, like um, just at home, actually, just trying to mix with other tracks just to see how the arrangement like mix together. Really, I haven't mm. actually done it out in the club. Because normally I play vinyl only and I don't do digital. Oh, so yeah. I would have to get, either I'll get to get a test press or have a dot plate to do that. So I kind of, I try to do it at home, like in my own way. Um, yeah. And then I just like, just hope for the best, basically. Like, yeah, I think it's, I know, just kind of playing blind with it as well a little bit for, you know, for the vinyl only. So, yeah. But I do that at home. I started doing it recently because I think it actually helps. It really helps, like just to see how it goes with the arrangement. Definitely. Yeah, because the energy is so different, you know. Mm-hmm. In a, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. What about uh, playing live? You, uh, me. Yeah, or all of all of you. Yeah, like um, I know you you do that, uh, Kami. But um, uh, is there a certain way you? Is there are there things you approach differently when you play live and then versus? To building stuff in the studio? Um, I mean, I actually haven't played live on my own, ever alone. So I don't know how I would approach that because I, I don't think I have found my perfect setup for that. And I think that's what I main, mainly struggle because I, I will obviously, I want to have a degree of improvisation, but I also want to have like kind of like my safe haven, for example, I have a few samples and some things on the fly because if something goes wrong, I have that backup there for me, mm. you know? So I don't get lost and I'm still in search of the right equipment for me that's going to do the best. I, I haven't come across that way. Before. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there are so many requirements, you know, first of all, it needs to be easy to travel with. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. You, you're not going to take your Juno 60 on the road, I guess, you know. I try a few stuff like the first, the first the first time I, I did a live was like the computer and these a, APCs, like only the box and few like effects on on the mixer, mm-hmm. and 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 four outs and then we we moved to hardware, only hardware and then we we start using this boss looper, we saw like blau one using it and and Bergine and yeah, it's cool. like really nice like you save a lot of like for for long long parts it's really nice 
Yeah, that could be one of yeah. the, that's that's a tool that actually could function yeah. as one of those uh, backup uh, yeah. safe haven things that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. And and now I just I just want to go with a computer and two machines and and like like a ninety two four channels, mm -hmm. two effects, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, I want I, I, I want to try I want to try. Uh, yeah, there there are two. There are actually, I think. Um, there are two ways of doing it you know one is to bring a lot of gear and have like a 16 channel desk or something and then yeah. basically do it dub style you know like how, how yeah old dub and yeah yeah it, so yeah yeah it. it is actually quite an amazing way to do it i used to do it yeah. that back in back in the 90s you know just take all the gear have everything sequenced um you know and basically Super just fun. you got the effects on and bam 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 yeah yeah and basically uh, yeah. everything just loops and loops and loops and then yeah. you make the arrangement on the on the desk and it's a, it's a real fun way of doing it and you yeah. can make beautiful smooth transitions between things and 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 it's actually the desk would be the in that case is like the your it's instrument. instrument yeah 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 it's like playing the desk basically yeah. and the other the other thing the other way of doing it is basically to have a very small selection of gear and with a small mixer, like you said, I mean, a lot of people are actually who play live use a DJ mixer because a DJ mixer is a performance tool yeah. and it's a very focused way of doing things. So it's more like DJing with gear, you know, like DJing yeah. with uh, synths yeah. and drums. Yeah. And it's also a really effective way of doing things. But um, yeah, it's like um, um, one is easier to travel with than the other, I guess, you know. Yeah. Um, but the dub style is is just is just so fun, so much fun, you know. It's and like all, uh, yeah. Also, to make to make to make music is amazing. Like oh, when you got everything yeah. sounding through the desk and just like just like moving stuff and yeah. Yeah. just just the, the sounds and it's magic. I can do that all day. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's magic. what I like to do. But then you have to call it off because then you never make a track if you just come here and do that all day, you know. But. It's just <laughs> You can do that all day. <laughs> well, I mean, you can. Uh, that's one one thing I I uh, sometimes give myself as a present to myself. You know, mm -hmm. like if yeah. if I finish something, and you know the main th the main kind of result or the desired thing has has happened and it's recorded and it's done, I treat myself to make the dub mix you know yeah, like yeah, nice. you know just to have, have the same settings you know just have every, everything the same and then just start fucking around and and you know make the sort of stretched out crazy version and it happened actually quite a lot of times that eventually that became the the final version you know so you have your sort of you have your like um your uh uh, like official version you know that sort of meets all the criteria of yeah. being like a, a track that works and then um yeah doing and the you go crazy <laughs> yeah yeah adrian sherwood style is fr uh, fritz is saying hey fritz what's up shout out to fritz um yeah absolutely so um actually adrian sherwood's the guy who who used uh, the original uh atb the trident atb desk the one you have the the, the remake of nice. and it, that was his way of working you know just have everything across the desk and it just dub it out that was the the way of their um, the way That's they did the arrangement yeah. Yeah, in Sao Paulo, yeah, they have this sound engineer, which is also uh, the producer. I think Ariel met him with me, uh, Victor Rice, that's his name. Uh, yeah, he's amazing. He's like a guy from New York that lives in Sao Paulo for ages, and he basically mixes bands. And he just like, okay, you hire him for his day. He can do like, I don't know, maybe 10, 8 to 10 tracks in one day. So let's suppose your EP has five tracks. 
He finishes uh, super fast the mix downs of, of these five tracks, and he just uses the rest of his time to do dub versions of his Oh, time. nice. And his versions always sound better than <laughs> And I really it's have, really, like... It's really good. It's really good. And, uh, like, I have this dream, like, to have an album mixed by him. But with oh, yeah. using his versions and, like, seeing yeah. what comes out from it. It sounds so beautiful. No one in, like, techno or dance music has ever, like, worked in that way, as far as I know, in Sao Paulo. So I think it would be a really good challenge for both and a very beautiful result. Everything sounds really beautiful out of mm. that desk, you know. Yeah, I think I think uh, you mentioned. I mean, it's maybe not like standard techno, but uh, you know, Stefan Betke, Paul. That's that's pretty much his approach for playing live. You know, he um, he uses the the dub desk uh, style um, yeah. method to to create his track. So it's basically yeah, amazing. All, yeah. yeah, yeah, you should go for it, Amanda. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a real fun project. Yeah, yeah, yeah I really just don't want to waste that on any like. Uh, EP or random thing, maybe it should be like like an album with like intro, outro, like parts, and you know when they tell the whole story. So I want to keep that for like a special release. But I'm definitely doing it, yeah. And if you want his contact as well, I can just like I can just find him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Um, yeah, um, Fritz was used. It was. Um, Mentioning Adrian Sherwood, that's one of my heroes, actually. When I got into, um, when I was, actually, when I when I first got into electronic music, I wasn't really aware that it was electronic music, you know, because it's, just, you know, I didn't know anything about the process. But it sounded so fucking alien, what this guy was doing, like the Major Malfunction uh, album and stuff. Have you heard about that? No. No? You should check it out. It's crazy. Um, I've heard about crazy. him, yes. Yeah. Let's check it's like a bunch of drum machines and then run through through desks. I mean, now I understand the process, but back then it just sounded crazy to me. You know, it's like really, you know, hard, uh, you know, hard hitting beats and, uh, you know, just a sort of alien sounding things with flangers and delays and shit like that. And um, um, yeah, it's still it's still an example. <laughs> I mean, everybody has these 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 uh, moments where they realize, wow, this is this is really getting to my heart, you know, this is really yeah. inspiring. And, and you know, Sherwood was one of the, the things I heard which uh, immediately spoke to me and I thought, wow, I want to be able to do this. Maybe you can <laughs> drop us the link afterwards. Yeah, um, um, yeah, Fritz is also mentioning Techhead. If you, if you um, just do a search for Techhead, Okay. Um, that's the oh. that's the band I'm talking about. It's not it's not all good. I think the earlier stuff is uh, pretty much the the best they did. Nice. But it's, um, Thanks. Yeah, it's got elements of hip hop. It was a sort of mid '80s, you know. So just when hip hop started to 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 happen in New York, like the early stuff, they kind of brought elements into that in into their music. Um, so it's it's British, you know. So it has a totally different vibe, but it it has sort of offbeats and you know punchy drum machine type sounds, but you know spaced out like like crazy, you know, like really really spaced out and sick. and dubby. Yeah, yeah, it's sick stuff. I'm sure you will like it. Yeah. Sounds a bit thin now if you listen to it, but it sounded massive when I heard, first heard it. You know, it lacks a bit of bass. I think production these days is so more much more advanced than than back yeah, then. Yeah, for sure, know? but. The but I don't know. The music is still there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So did I mean, did. I, Sorry, yeah, I was I was just going to I mean I'm talking about myself but I'm interested in hearing what what if you had any of those aha moments or or th you know examples of things that kind of uh, got you into it. Um I mean I got in touch with the dub mixing when I was living in England actually so that's that's when I got into it. I was living in Bristol. So I was kind of in oh. between like this kind of a lot of dub producers because I was at university there. So I met a lot of people and, you know, I had to do dub mixing assignments when I was at uni and I was just kind of, okay, this is it. I really like that. How can I take this and adapt this into what I want to do? And I think I figured it out now. So yeah, it really inspired me. And, you know, it's, yeah, there's so many amazing producers, like Bristol has a huge dub scene. Yeah, it was really inspiring. Actually, when I was there, the kind of music that I was making at that time was not really what I actually am making when I right now you know was just a bit like spaced out like just like sparse and it's funny how being in a place or an environment can influence what you do a lot yeah and, yeah it can change your mindset so much you know and yeah but like i said i from that i thought how can i translate like what i want to do by you know using this technique which was what i really really enjoyed so yeah i mean the the way you you described your process it does definitely have some some elements of of that yeah running things yeah. through the desk and adding delays and just fill up the spaces and you know experiment yeah, yeah. just feedbacking reverbs and delays of course just being really careful so I'm just gonna... <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, it requires some uh, some control. Yeah, if you if you um, if you get out of control, it uh, it can blow up many things in uh, including your ears. Yeah, <laughs> So was there was there a moment where you the first thing you heard that kind of uh, uh, ticked your uh, you know sort of sparkled your imagination like the stuff that without even realizing what what it what it uh, what it was what what is the the first kind of things that got you into it like uh, inspired by you know. Uh, the stuff you got inspired by to to get into making music yourself. Uh, you mean just like the mixing or? No, no, just uh, me, anything. You just, things you heard where you when you were listening to it, like were like, oh man, I w I would definitely try to do something myself. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, like it's 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 a really weird one for me because I've been DJing for so long now. It's been more than twenty years. And I've been a DJ for a long time before I started producing. So I always had that like kind of like demand inside of me because I knew a lot and you know, I knew a lot, I heard a lot of things, so I was always trying to think how do I get to make those things sounds the way I want it, you know? And I think also because I knew a lot, that kind of didn't help me to get to where I am. So I kind of I had to like just like okay, I need to just like go away from this stop that's when i kind of i dropped out and i just stopped playing gigs because i wanted to just detach from that and then i ended up at university it was i wasn't planning it, it just happened and and you know when i saw myself you know i was at uni and i went to abbey road recording bands there it was amazing also a real world i had these opportunities which i yeah i don't know how they happened but they did so i'm really grateful and i think that also inspired me a lot you know by being in an environment of a lot of people with the same like frame of mind you know mm. and yeah like i said I just take that and how can i adapt that to what i want to do yeah abbey road wow <laughs> yeah nice. talking talking about a legendary place eh? 
was incredible. It's like it's got such a, a massive energy when you're in there. You know, like just when you are there, you're like you think like how many records, how many albums were recorded in that place. It's it's really special actually. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So, Victoria, what is there? Um, is there something in your life like a moment when you got like uh, the itch to do something, like to do to try to produce your own tracks? Is I anything like heroes or things you heard that, that really blew your mind that made you go, I, "I need to do this." I think like house music, eighties, nineties house music, Radiohead, stuff like that. Yes, definitely. Um, I wanted to ask you, actually, like you were talking about when you started, that you didn't, you didn't really know you were going to get into this. And compared to now, like how was your process of like choosing what you want, what you need, the access to stuff when you started? And like, how did you decide what, what to use first as compared to now that, you know, the music industry has changed so much? The clubbing scene, the gear, like how was? I imagine that's going to be a long answer, but like. <laughs> well, I mean, first, first of all, there wasn't any, you know. So the the yeah. I mean the in, amazing uh, range of gear that is available now, if you, if you want to start out, um, that wasn't there. I mean, uh, I think yeah. Well, I started with tape first of all. You know, I I, I started doing like. <sighs> tape loops and and doing like uh, mega mixes and stuff like that you know and i was into turntablism at the time so i was like uh, making you know beats with uh, you know uh, tape and records basically you know just chopping things up and you know <laughs> yeah 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 and um but of you know of course you know um, i got in, introduced to samplers and drum machines at the time when they were just starting to come out and become affordable because before that you know it like when i when i started being interested in music that those things were just not on the market you know you had like fair lights and shit like that like really really yeah. expensive stuff but it's you know i think in the mid 80s late 80s these you know some um look akai and roland started making samplers which were affordable so i think one of one of the first thing i got was like um, um a sampler and and um and drum machines and luckily for me uh it was right around the time when uh all the steers were going like um you know they had like uh, the trend in synths back then was like to have like massive keyboards with uh, preset sounds So everybody was discarding their mono synths, you know, like, so I got all the classic gear for, for, you know, dirt cheap prices, like the, you know, EMS stuff, uh, Ro you know, modular synths, Roland modular synths, ARP 2600. Nice. I, bu I bought them for next to nothing, you know, so I was lucky to, <laughs> to uh, sort of hit the, the, the space around that time. So I, I was able to collect um, um, synths, you know, and, and, uh, and, and drum machines for, without having to invest too much but obviously you know there was no youtube there was no i mean there were a few no, magazines. <laughs> no there were a few magazines where you could you could see like big producers from la sitting behind massive ssl desk you know <laughs> stuff like that you know and it, it was so far removed from from uh, from you know just fooling around with uh, with gear But it just, yeah, it was a slow process, you know, just got things one by one and um, just uh, basically uh, tried the entire, you know, 
t t turn those boxes completely inside out and learn everything about it and try to uh, yeah discover them in a way because that's all you can do you know you just say you yeah. buy something and you just start working with it and find your way you know just find yeah. your way by exploring and by by trying things out that's the that's the way i i got into it um and i think to be honest that's quite um a healthy way of doing things because um you develop your own uh ways of making things because obviously there is no there is no rule for how to make something as long as it sounds good you know yes and these days i feel it's um uh, if you get into it, most people start out by by working on a laptop, and you are instantly presented with an entire studio. You know, like mixing, treating, you know, treating sounds, sound design, synths, drum machines. Everything can be inside there. And I think though the choice, the amount of choice, can be quite intimidating. Um, and yes. you know, so so back then it was like totally, uh, it was totally handicapped in a way. You know, totally uh, limited. But uh, yeah, somehow. Um, you know, it makes you it makes you work in a way maybe work harder to get something out of it. I think that's um, it's a good way to uh, to get into it by just exploring, and it's still something that stayed with me to, till today. You know, if I get something, I don't care what it is as long as it makes sound, and then I just go into it and squeeze some things out of it. You know. And of those those first pieces of gear that you got, do you still have some of those or? Some of those do you still consider like essential for your process now? Uh, well, I'm. I mean, I I no longer use hardware samplers that much anymore because it's a bit. I mean, and I know Ariel uses it, but I've. Takes time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I've sometimes used them, but it. Um, you know, for most most audio jobs, the computer is probably the the easiest way to do it. Unless I want to have some kind of flavor to it, then I might reach for something that sort of um, fucks up the sound a bit, you know. But yeah, I still have uh, most of the early stuff that I, I used. I sold I sold a lot of stuff too, but um, I still got like the classic, you know, the Roland stuff, you know, uh, the old 808, 909, 303, nice. 707, blah, blah, blah. So... Um, um, yeah, and all the all the sort of synths that now have become classics, I still kept them. Um, but um, yeah, sometimes they're part of the process. Sometimes they aren't. You know, I mean, I've had them had them for so long. So sometimes if I don't use it, I I don't use them for a while. Uh, when I get them back into the into the system and part of the chain, uh, it feel, almost feels like rediscovering them. You know, like. Uh, it, because it's a different room, different time, different way of approaching things, and they keep being completely limitless uh, sources of inspiration and, and um, uh, material. So that's pretty cool. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, for, for me, it was the other way around. So I, I, I always admired this, this way of approaching um, because... I don't know, I saw the digital stuff first and then, okay, where does this come from? And then I had access to, you know, the hardware. And I was yeah. also telling you the other session that, you know, for us to have access to that, we have, now more people have it here, but we have to order them. And it's mm. not that you can just go somewhere and, you know, you're gonna. 
Yeah, but I mean, but it's it is similar to what you were describing now is similar to my situation when I started. You know, I didn't own everything. I would, you know, it would just be like a synth and that a friend bought, and then you you borrow it for a week and and you know. Uh, just get some sounds out of it, you know. Uh, that's how we do it here. That's how we do it here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's to that's totally legit because you know, it, it you know, having having access to everything doesn't always necessarily mean you you are better off, you know. Um, you know, being restricted to to something uh, also has its advantages, you know. Yes. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, nothing wrong with uh, working in the box. I think right now is the, it, it's a total golden age if you if you want to get involved in making music. You know, it's um, it it is so. Yeah, you got everything. Yeah, it is. It is pretty much. It is quite way more affordable than it used to be, and more accessible. Um, so you know, even on your your mom's computer, you can download some shit and and start going. You know, yes. <laughs> if you're a kid. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's really accessible these days. Yeah. It's crazy how it changed in the last like 10, 15 years because there was all the shift to like making music with the computers and then suddenly hardware like kind of like came back like in vogue and then they made all like the affordable synths like which is it's really nice to have all the options available like yeah. for, you know, for you to choose from. I, I mean, I, I didn't have that choice, you know, in the beginning, like, you know, it was super expensive to have all the stuff. So it took me a lifetime to collect everything, you know. But, you know, it takes time, yeah. Definitely. Also, finding more works for, you know, for, for, for yourself, you know, is, yeah, it's, it can take time, you know. But it's fun, of course. Yeah, best way is just to approach it with an open mind, you know, just get get something and and really try to get your head around this piece of gear, you know, whether it's a, I don't know, drum machine or a synth, you know, just try things out and see what happens. That's the... Mm -hmm. That's the best way to do it. I mean, again, you know, coming back to the availability of uh, of all these tutorials and um, YouTube um, examples and stuff. To be honest, it um, it is sometimes cool to if you if you have something in mind, like maybe I should get a module for you know like some filter thing or something, and, and you start looking around. Um, there are there's obviously a lot of information you can get from some general information you can get like features and and a sort of general idea about the sound but you know it all changes when you when you have your own hands on it you know and yes. then you can really sort of fine-tune and find the you know discover the range and find the sweet spots that you would take you know that you would find uh, because that's just a really really personal thing yeah. i have Finding. a question for coming if um <laughs> You said that you, you you were DJing for a long time and then you, you felt you had to detach from that in order to start producing. And then after that, you you started DJing again. So what was the difference for you in your in the results of your production after the detachment from the dance floor and then when you started DJing again? Like, how was the feedback between both processes for you? For myself. Or I mean for, for yourself. Me. For, for you. Oh, it was great. It was great. I feel much more confident, you know, like, I don't know, like, it just, yeah, I just, I just feel good. It, it, it did good for my head as well, you know, but I don't know. I, I think a lot of people don't, a lot of people have different experiences. I think in the majority of people I know, they produce first and then they start DJ. I don't know, like, it can vary, you know, but that's the way it went for me, you know, it, it took me a while 
to actually like realize, okay, I really want to learn this, you know, I really want to do this, but I want to detach from this because I try to, I try to do like those short production courses while I was touring at the time. And I could never really give my energy to do anything like that. Cause I was always super tired during the week. And I said, okay. And then suddenly I just like, I was kind of like, there was a time where like techno wasn't really like, you know, like really good, you know, like techno had like, you know, like that big, like up and then like minimal came and then it turned down and then there was a period that techno was kind of like gone you know and i wasn't really inspired by the music that was happening at that time and i just thought okay maybe it's time for me to you know like detach and try something else you know and that's you know slowly i start detaching it wasn't like i said okay i'm stopping now you know it took me like a few years to like finally stop it and just like when i saw i was in a university you know it was it just happened i wasn't planning it and here I am now, back again. You know, so. mm. Does your does your experience does your experience with, with um, playing with vinyl uh, played any role in the way you you approach making your music? Because I I can tell from from my perspective uh, since mm -hmm. we started the, the store project, which mm -hmm. uh, which we you know one of the outputs is uh, the vinyl records that we do. You know, like uh, recording oh, yeah. the. Yeah, recording the jams here and then and then put them on vinyl. It made me kind of focus focus uh, the the process of making music um, a bit better or not better, but in, a, in it shaped the, the the focus because I know it's going to be on vinyl. You know, so you have like ideally you have twi like twelve minutes on one side. Uh, you know what's going to sound good after it's gone through the process of cutting. And mm -hmm. what doesn't, you know? Mm -hmm. And in a way, uh, a lot of my techniques and in mixing and even in in choosing what I want to, uh, you know, put on on the record as a track, um, yeah, it has changed. It has kind of influenced that process a, uh, a bit, you know. Like um, my mixes are a bit tighter, you know, and it's I, I think of something more like a song rather than something that is really spun out because there's a time limit and there's a, a sonic aspect to to cutting thing to cutting things to vinyl is that something that played a role in in you know your experience with vinyl in in the way you approach your writing or your producing um maybe a little but not not that much i think slowly i think i'm getting more into that like you're saying like you know like just trying things and you know all those things that are going to work on vinyl you know like some like like you know like really like you know that low end is gonna all get cut you know and mm -hmm. like things like that when they're going to to cut in vinyl and you know you 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 learn within the process as well and yeah i i don't know i think that's just how it's going for me at the moment. yeah just learning with with yeah within time basically yeah, yeah i mean it's a, for me it's like <clears throat> when i'm doing something um and just the idea that i will at some point uh, in in the process, hold a piece of black uh, PVC that is going to contain what I'm doing. You know that you know it sort of pushes pushes me towards that format, if you know what I mean. In my thinking, you know what I mean. Because there's a whole there's a whole bunch of stuff that is that is uh, that you have to discard or that you have to mm -hmm. that are not possible if you have if you don't have those limits. You know, I mean, you can. There's like a lot of choices in sound design. And in uh, production mixing techniques that uh, that you can get away with if it's if it's like an unlimited uh, length or uh, mm -hmm. you you know like you, you especially in the sub bass or ultra highs and stuff like mm -hmm. that or in the yeah. stereo field even 
that you can that you can uh, yeah just it, you can record it it's fine as long as it stays in the digital domain but as soon as you know it's going to end up on vinyl you somehow or I at least somehow kind of shape it towards that uh, format you know yeah um, yeah, and it's a fun way to do it because it just feels good, you know. You got to. I, I find myself taking extra care of some things because I know it's okay. going to be physical. You know, it okay. feels more sort of final. You know what I mean? It feels yeah. more like, a, um, yeah, more more of a statement than just having some uh, WAV file floating around. You know? Yes. Yeah, totally. I mean, especially for me because I'm I'm still a vinyl DJ, so yeah. I mean, it goes without saying. So I I play vinyl, so. I'm always yeah. caring about it, basically. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, do you recognize that uh, Ariel, for example, like uh, the the format that you will finally be releasing something in? Does it does it influence the way you approach the the music, or does it influence decisions along the way? Uh, I, I try to. I don't know the best that I can always, but yeah, if I know it's going to be for vinyl, it's going to be a extra care always. Yes. Really? Yeah. So, so, yeah. And sometimes, like, you're making a track, and you and you know, and, and you feel it, it's gonna like like this is gonna be super nice on vinyl, but yeah, not a lot of record labels here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there but is yes, something. There is something sure. to it. You know. Yeah, it's funny how how you um, yeah how you can think about it because it it is um, it is more uh, uh, it's sort of more real, you know. Because it's going to be printed somewhere and it's going to, yeah, it's going to be duplicated on vinyl. It's, yeah, it's, and so, somehow sound, it feels different. Yeah, yeah, yeah it no. sounds sounds totally different. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. What about you, um, Victoria? Do you recognize that idea, that feeling? I mean, I, I like Ariel. I always try to do my best, but I don't know. And I'm super OCD always. <laughs> like I, I laugh because Amanda was saying like you know we have to you know detach from stuff and feel free. I, I never feel that. I'm always <laughs> I'm always like oh my god this has to go there, and then you know. So yeah, I'm pretty OCD. <laughs> <laughs> and about what about you? Oh, Amanda is uh, is muted, but uh, are you, uh, <laughs> no, no, it's. Do you, I mean, do you do you recognize that idea, like that feeling of uh, if something is going to end up on some physical release, do you treat it differently during the process? Oh, well, I never thought it in that perspective you just said, and for me it was very interesting to hear you saying all those things. And um, no, I never thought it in that way. But uh, anyway. I only released uh, stuff on vinyl twice so far, and now the third one is coming out. And I had the privilege of working with people that are like I know in person, and they were like taking good care of it. So I think if anything needed to be changed or more like uh, sharpened or whatever, like for the vinyl purpose, I would get that feedback. Because my first record was out on Kami's label, uh, Kami and Jack's label, Underwags. And so they are just like super professional and they have the studio. So they gave me a lot of good feedback. And yeah, so if Camila thinks about it in that way, because she's a vinyl DJ, <laughs> so it uh, transfers to me because she was like taking care of it, you know. Then my second record came out on Philip Gorbachev's label, 
And well, for that was the classic case that I wanted to change the track after it was mastered because it was coming out on vinyl. And I was like, I can't believe I'm regretting the second time I'm releasing on vinyl. And now I just love it. And Philip was like, why are you like overthinking? This is one of my favorite remixes. Like, what are you doing? You can change it if you want, but like, I really like it that way. And anyway, so I had these people taking care of the process for me. But now, like, I'm going to start looking at it different. I really like what you said. And yeah, it makes sense. And of course, you take extra care when it's coming out on record. Because in my perspective, it's more about not in a technical way only, but um, it's more about the thing of the aura of the track. Like, I... Please don't be one of those tracks that I hate it after because it's going to be on vinyl, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I really try to go like to do the track in a way I'm not going to get sick of it, but you never know. So. Mm. Cool. Um, I think it's, it's 10 o'clock, people, and uh, I don't want to keep dragging this on because uh, Kami has a party to attend I guess Ooh, <laughs> the, birth birthday. The, the birthday hat is back on I see so you're ready yeah, you're ready to move cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what we usually do is at the end um, is give everybody um, a little opportunity uh, to make uh, to share with people what they're working on maybe they've got some streams or gigs coming up or some releases they want to to share with people so what about uh, kami goes first and um uh, yeah let us know what do, what do you want to share is there anything we should look out for from you um, okay uh, tomorrow i am doing a workshop like a panel with uh, dbs music which is a university in england that i actually studied and i'm going to be part of this panel with other graduates um talking about uh, how can you find a sustainable career path in the industry, uh, basically music industry. So if you want to attend, you have to check the dbsmusic.uk website and just like sign up for it be tomorrow evening. Cool. I've got some really cool things. Um, I can't talk about them. Um, some music coming, probably, I think it's at the end of the year. So I'm really looking forward to speak about it, but I can't, so maybe next time. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got two gigs, hopefully, if everything goes to plan. Some gigs in Paris, in the UK as well, hopefully Berlin soon. So yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, streams, I think for now, I need a little bit of a break. I've done quite a lot, so I think, yeah, for now, I just want to, yeah, have a little bit of time left. Awesome. Um, so yes, uh, thanks, Kami. Really nice to see you and speak to you, uh, especially on thanks your birthday. Yeah, always nice to catch up. Um, Amanda, you you already told us something in the beginning about uh, the you know the one hundred remixes that you've got coming up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything you can reveal about those, like or or f you know stuff stuff you you can talk about at this point to share with people? Uh, well, basically, nothing's out yet. So, yeah, I think in next week, the CD uh, remix EP is coming out from this artist, Marshall, from uh, Milan. It's a label called uh, 24 Hour from a venue that is called Tempio del Futuro Perduto, where I played my last uh, to my one of my last tours in Europe, 
and they have this amazing amazing studio where all the artists go there to tour and they just make a jam in one day and they end up releasing stuff and this time it's a remix for this artist so there's a bunch of cool people coming out and i just don't know because everything got so postponed that maybe everything is coming out next week at the same time so like <laughs> if I just can, I, I, I'm always updating my bio in my Instagram on my link tree. So just keep posted and you're going to see there. And then there is our track with Victoria that is already out on Planet X, Planet X label. And the link is in my bio as well. So everything's there. Awesome. Thanks a lot. And uh, also thank you for joining. Yeah, it seems, it seems to be um, the thing that happens at the moment, you know, people are just holding on to things until things start moving again. And then I'm sure yes. we're going to be blasted with shitloads of stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all at once. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, thanks again. Um, Victoria, anything you want to share with us and the people? Um, I think next week uh, I'm releasing this kind of housey. I usually make techno, but it's more kind of a housey EP on our label in between. Um also, an EP on Jujuka is coming coming up, uh, Julia Gover's label. Then I'm working on tracks for two other labels that I'm not sure if I can mention. And then I have some stuff coming up with a Russian producer called Tolga, who is super talented. It was such a pleasure working with him. He uses oh, cool. the Octa track a lot. <laughs> And, you know, uh, for me, it was very special <laughs> to, to meet him. And I'm very Here we excited. go again. Fuck you, Alcatraz. We finally finished that. So I'm, I, And then there's one other release on this French label, maybe on vinyl also. And, yeah, I, I can't really, I think, give some details, but stuff coming out throughout the year, yes. Okay, so people just should, should uh, just keep an eye on what's going on uh, yes. via your socials and stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very great. Okay, nice. Um, Ariel, anything you want to share? Uh, check uh, counter 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 change. Yeah, uh, the, the LP is coming soon. And uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, definitely. <laughs> we'll we'll keep an eye on it. So thanks again, everybody, for um, uh, for joining. Um, a really really nice chat. I had a really good time as always with you guys. Um, so uh yeah one last thing i want to to say is that uh, we have a discord server where all the knob twillers hang out when we're not chatting like this um it's a nice place to uh, to get connected to people who are also in the producing field and um, sharing tips and tricks and uh, worries and struggles and everything uh so have a look there i think sander should be i think the, the link should, it should be in the description anyway but i think uh, sander will post uh, the link to it uh, it's a really, really nice place to hang out. And the other one is that uh, we have a Patreon page. I think I already mentioned uh, the sound packs we're giving away every month. Uh, so this month it's the SDS-8 uh, and uh, Akai MF... I don't forget the name, 42, whatever. MFC-42 yes. filter, yeah. Uh, it's a Ableton drum racks. It's an Ableton drum racks. And, you know, we did it together with Fritz here in the studio. Nice and um, yeah, it's pretty pretty crunchy collection actually, but we have one every month. So you know, once you Amazing. become a patron, you get an, you get like some sound shit stuff thing every <laughs> every month. You know, so um, so that's one, and we also do master classes and stuff like that. So have a look there, and that's pretty much it for me. So thanks again, people. 
Really enjoyed Thanks it. Thanks for having Thank us. You. That's so Thank much you. fun. Thank you. All right. Have Happy a nice birthday, Kami. Yeah, enjoy, enjoy the party, uh, Kami. Hey. <laughs> yes. All right. See you later. Ciao, ciao. Very good to you. Hello.